this week on Focus on Metal. It is returning guest Joey Vera talking all about what's up with Armored Saint as well as Fate's Warning. And if that wasn't enough, we also have a after show interview we did with the legendary Doro Pesh. So don't touch that dial because it's all that and more on this episode of Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalheads and Headbangers, this is Doro Pesh and you're listening to the Focus on Metal show. I wish you a great time. Keep on rocking. Stay metal and I'll see you soon. Metalhead Scott here. Richie. Welcome you to another episode of Focus on Metal as we, uh, we've we come out on the back end of our uh, 300 and 301 episode and uh, survived. Yep. Went well. Got some nice feedback on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, that's kind of the idea, right? Yeah. And that book you gave me is awesome. It's fantastic, huh? Yeah. It's a, yeah. yeah. Um, we're talking about the Master of Puppets book. That, yeah. uh, it's out now, isn't it? Officially, um, I know you got it off the. You damn, got the I don't know. You got it the it fan is. club, didn't you? Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's out now officially. Yeah, it's superb. Like yeah. the, the great, some great pictures in it. Good stories. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, just the pictures are amazing. Like how young the band were. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's see how bad Lars' stash is in this picture. Oh, it doesn't have it here. Oh, he has it here. Oh, he shouldn't have it here. <laughs> <laughs> All five hairs. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. I like the way the narrative was constructed and stuff too. Letting letting all the guests talk really, and and uh, Matt really doesn't do much except for the uh, just kind of the overall story part. So yeah, I thought it was a really cool book. Yeah, very good, very well done. It's Metallica. I think they normally do things very very well. Yeah, and um, they're a bit like Iron Maiden. You know, when you get the packaging and everything is normally yeah. top notch. Yeah, no, well, it was really well done. I mean, definitely not something you let a small child pick up because it'll knock them over. But yeah, yeah, it'll. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's a good doorstop. Oh, yeah. Even a hurricane wouldn't shut the door <laughs> with that thing underneath it. Send him out of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, good. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it's fantastic book, yeah. Yeah. What do you want to get into? Well, you know, um, I guess you had a, you had a bit of a topic you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, did you see the one who played on the Monsters of Rock Cruise? Bobby Blotzer's friends. I uh, I heard something about he had a bad time or something, but I obviously as I came screaming in here tonight to to do this, uh, I haven't been paying much attention. Yeah, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Stephen Piercy I think tweeted out a picture of him. Uh, I think they were at Lon Friend's birthday party, uh-huh. and it was Juan Crucier, Stephen Warren, Carlos, yeah. uh-huh. and Greg D'Angelo. Oh, okay, and. Um, a surprise band on the on the boat were Carlos, uh-huh. Juan, Stephen, Warren, and Jimmy DeGrasso, our friend <laughs> of the show, played drums. Wow. And um It's a good thing he was finished up with the Black Star Riders album so early. Yeah. Well he normally gets gets in and gets yep. out on those they're actually finished the album. It's all done. Well they're doing some guest vocal stuff now. Yeah, but it's it's more or less in in, in the can, so yeah. that's early yeah. next year. But um yeah, and of course... It's got Pearl of Day on it. I'm looking forward to hearing how she sounds on oh, it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. But of course, the clips are out there, and um, Stephen sounded pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, just I think Bobby now might have a <laughs> thing or two to say about that, because uh, they're probably going to go out now. Yeah. But they can, technically, they can go out as Rat, because Warren owns 50% of the name. Yeah. But the only issue with that, and I think Bobby has addressed it in interviews, is his version of Rat, he still has to pay Warren, even though Warren isn't yeah. touring okay. with them. Now, if Warren goes out as Rat, they have to pay Bobby. <laughs> I think. Well, why don't they just go out as not Bobby Blotz's Rat? Yeah. He doesn't own that the, name. The real Rat, or <laughs> We Were in Rat, or, or whatever. Um, but... Like Bobby's version of Rat played in Hampton Beach a few weeks ago with Dokken. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. sold it yeah. out. Yeah, which makes me think that you 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 alluded to this before, and I I didn't agree with you. That people don't care who's in bands anymore. They have no fucking idea that 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 it's not the original band up there. Yeah, because Bobby's been doing shows for a while now, and I know he's been out. They're normally good on on packages, and yeah. maybe the other, the other bands are selling the majority of the tickets, but. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people I think are going to these shows they don't care yeah they're just lubed up and with beer and spirits and whatever yeah. and the guy comes out and the band are decent sure sure but we know who who's in the band yeah um, we know if the other band came around with Stephen in it, and we know which one we'd go and see and which one we wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, the other thing that I find odd about that is uh, they were a big MTV band. Yeah. They, they weren't a faceless band, and yet you still have people that will go to a rat show and say, yeah, this is fucking yeah. great, and they know damn well that none of the original guys are, except for Bobby, are on the stage. Yeah, well, they I mean, they look different too now and stuff, but, uh, well, not really Steven, but uh, actually not even Warren for that matter. But, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah, I just don't think people paid attention. Yeah, but I think a lot of things with these bands, it, it all comes down to the singer and the guitar player. Yeah. And you have to look at the lineup now if Steven goes out with Warren, that they have more validity. Sure. By far, then yeah. they've got more of the original guy. Right. I, I don't think one is one an original guy. Maybe. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Well, maybe if well, they wheel around Robin's bones with them too. <laughs> <laughs> and and they've got Carlos playing with him as well, and he he's played on their last records. So, yeah. You know that's a good thing as well because he's a, he's a shit out player. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's I, I mean, and the thing too, you know, go back to MTV too. The other part of it is that. You know, for a good portion of time, people actually didn't really watch it either. It was just like you had a party, you put it on, and just you had it playing. So it was just kind of like another station, too. So people weren't paying super, super attention to the videos a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I often like, I, I often wondered since they announced that Rat Dokken show, like, I think Dokken were the first band on, mm-hmm. how Don felt. Because <laughs> he's come out saying that things about Bobby's yeah. Bobby in the past and yeah. I think he said things about this version of Rat <laughs> and he went on first and Blotzer's version closed that's weird closed the bill yeah but um, maybe Don had shit to do payday's a payday well he's <laughs> in he's in uh, well by the time this airs he, are, they're probably in the middle of that does Japan they should be yeah yeah yeah. which yeah. Um, which should be interesting as well because uh, I believe they recorded a show in uh, I think it was in South Dakota recently for a live DVD and CD. Yeah. And of course, one of the things they were talking about working up was a new song. Not happening. Yeah. Not oh. not finished. No. Which makes me think the whole thing has been rushed rehearsal-wise and, you know, prep-wise. Yeah. and That's all right. They're getting a shitload of money. Yeah. But but speaking of new songs, um, what do you say we do uh, We do a track of the week? Sure. Got a great one this week, a band called, uh, called Serious Black. So I think... Uh, Let's uh, let's do that track of the week. So as just mentioned, track of the week this week is from Sirius Black off of their second release called Mirror World. I mean, it's amazing. These guys have only been around since the beginning of 2015. And already there are two albums into this one. Of course, given the firepower that's in this band, it's really, I guess, not so much of a surprise. Obviously, Urban Breed on vocals. Guy came from Tad Morose as well as Bloodbound. And then you got Bob Katsionis from Firewind and uh, Dominic Sebastian from Edenbridge. And then Alex Holsworth, who was with Rhapsody of Fire. And then also Mario Lockhart on bass. He came from Visions of Atlantis. And then they also have uh, a keyboardist in there taking care of some other good stuff for them. But again, Sirius Black, brand new one out. It's called Mirror World. And just so you know, as all things from AFM, they have a couple of different versions of this. They have a limited edition digipack, which has seven bonus tracks. Not two, not three, seven bonus tracks. Also got a limited edition box set with uh, some t-shirts, digipack, a bunch of stuff in there, as well as a limited edition blue vinyl and there's a limited vinyl bundle as well so cool stuff there if you want to get a hold of the band their website is serious-black.com and of course you can uh, get this on the afm web store or wherever you get your metal from but i would urge you to check out the afm web store because most likely that's the only place that you are going to get any of the uh, cool limited edition bonus packs but enough of this Why don't we get into a little bit of Sirius Black, play a track three. It's called Caster Skies.
you go. A little brand new Sirius Black off their brand new one, Mirror World. And uh, I know I've done Sirius Black before, track of the week. So I was really surprised I came up with that one so quick. But uh, but there you go. So a couple good guests this week. Obviously, uh, got uh, Joey Vera on the show this week and uh, as well as Doro. Of course, a little story behind the Doro thing. Of course, we uh, made it up the show. And uh, so I think uh, you were pretty impressed by. Yeah, well, you're the. You're the, by far the bigger fan. Yeah. Um, I only really know her Warlock stuff. Yeah. And um, I know Triumph and Agony pretty well. I think that's probably her most popular album with that band. Yeah, I would think so. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, they, of course, we got up there. Think The last time I went there, there was no support. Yeah. So we got up there and there was a support band. And yeah. They weren't very good. But, um, you know, the, the Doro came on and, the energy from that band is unbelievable. I'm completely blown away. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I mean, to the way they did it too. The, you know, the opening band basically was using Doro's band's equipment. So, you know, the drummer for the opening band played in Johnny D's kit. And, yeah. you know, so there was kind of this, you know, how are we going to do this change over here? It was like, oh, okay. They just there basically was using the same stuff. So yeah, it was pretty was cool. None. Just, just kind of tweak things a little bit and, and off they went. So uh, that actually kind of cut down a lot on the, on the time. So, yeah. So the band came on and like, they just put on like a, an amazing show yeah. um, ju- just the energy from Doro and the rest of the band yeah. was completely infectious yeah like I mean it's cool to see a, a band come out like that in a small tiny venue like that and basically put on a stadium show yeah you know that's superb. basically what they were doing uh, you know? yeah because that band is they play like the festival circuit yeah. in Europe and here they are playing the Tupelo Music Hall to yeah. 150 people like it wasn't even sold out yeah and didn't it show kind of, it was their, close it yeah was but close it didn't it didn't show in their performance at all no not at all it was uh, fantastic and and uh, obviously you know all the guys in the band are great we hung out with everybody after the show talked to a lot of them individually and stuff and uh, you know just a you know pretty good time um, we had to wait you know for a while to to actually sit down with Doro because he was she was doing a Interview for Cantina TV, and yeah. then about eight we, million dedications after that. Well, we, <laughs> we, we, uh, we. Well, I'll go back a little bit before that. I hit up their publicist about maybe scheduling an interview with Doro. We'd never had Doro on the show before, and um, I heard nothing back until the morning of the show when I get this email from Johnny D, who's the, yeah, the tour he's manager. A, he's the tour yeah, manager. And like he's been with Doro for over twenty years. Yeah, twenty three years. Yeah, and he apologized for late being late getting back to me, and and then he said you're going to the show, you know, hitting me, well, send me a text message beforehand, and I'm thinking, okay, we're going, you know, we might be able to do an, either schedule a phone or or do an in person. Yeah, and um, you know, I text Johnny back, told him we were there, we met him after the show, told us to hang around for a while, we were shooting the shit with him for a while. Yeah. Really, really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, all the guys were. Yeah, yeah, they were really, really nice. Like they hung around after afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, talked to everyone, signed everything, yeah. took pictures. Uh, when we were waiting with Johnny, there was um, a, a couple of girls came up to him and he went and got signed drum heads for him and yeah. everything. You know, like, he doesn't have to do that shit. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you know he looks after the people that that come up there. And yeah, he was raving about the venue because they don't normally play up our area. Like the furthest right. north they get is. Normally New York, yeah. and then up to Canada. But, but I'm, I was thinking back about that, and I, I, I know a couple, not a couple, maybe five to seven years ago, they played Manchester. Okay. And they had Chris Caffrey substituting for one of the guitar players. Okay. And then I was talking to uh, to another listener, Allison, and uh, she was saying that they had seen her around that same time frame at the Palladium. In Worcester? Yeah. Okay. So, But then again, I mean, you know, the amount of dates they play and all that, and how many years, ah, yeah, I don't blame them. But they did, they have come around this area. Okay. So, hopefully again. Yeah, so we were talking to Johnny, and then Johnny brings us upstairs, and he puts us in this back room. Yeah. Okay, so we're in there, and the, the, Doro's getting interviewed with some other guy. and I, Some I t- video. Yeah, some, some video, video guy. Some TV show. And he must, have, he must have been talking to her for ages, because she was doing the interview before we went oh, up Oh, yeah, there. yeah. And I, I was sitting there with you, and some of the questions he was asking, I was rolling my eyes, thinking he has no idea, really, yeah. who she is. Yeah. Uh, just 
basic general questions like if you could go back in time and give yourself that la- I think that was the last one if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice yeah, what would yeah, it that's be right, that's what and it I was. looked at you and I went oh for fuck's <laughs> sake so of course she came in to, with us now at yeah. this stage she'd gotten off stage yeah. she still had her stage clothes on yeah. and it was it was cold yeah they're getting pretty, they're getting pretty she cold had a, she had a scarf on and like my voice was gone and she went and got something for me, like yeah. a mint or something like that. And she put a scarf on and she sat down and, and like, she was, she was great. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, we talked to her for nearly half an hour. Yeah. And, um, it was like, a, it was like a conversation. Like it was, yeah. you know, we talked about a lot of things. Yeah. We're just sitting at a table, just, just basically shooting the shit. Yeah. And, uh, so we, you know, you'll hear, you know, you'll, you'll talk, hear part of it. Part of it. Cause Scott forgot to record well, some of it. You know, we're going and I'm, and I'm looking and I'm seeing the levels and I'm like, yeah, okay, good, good, good. We're all set. This is good. This is good. And I just was like, something's wrong here. Just something's wrong. Why? Something's just not looking right. So I just, I adjusted the recorder and. So we got about half of what we talked to. and uh, What did we get, 20 minutes? No, we got about 10 minutes. Okay. Some of the stuff was just, you know, thanking her for, you know, being so good to the fans. We talked about the, the new DVD. If you haven't gone out and get the new DVD for the 30-year celebration, get it, because it it's, it's seven freaking hours of Doro. Yeah, you were, ta- you were talking to her about stuff that. stuff and all that, but it's, you know, it's definitely not a, you know, one-night type of thing. It's, it, but it's great, it, you know, a bunch of different things on there. So you could just break it up over, you know, several days or several weekends of watching it. Uh, the second concert that's on there is great. It's the actual celebration one they did um, with the orchestra and stuff. And to hear the songs like that was just amazing. But the sound's well done. The video's well done. But seven hours of stuff on there, it's, I mean, you know, no artist does that, but she's so good to the fans and uh, really does, you know, it's obvious she cares about the fans that, uh, to put that much stuff out and make sure things are great. So that's a lot of material. Yeah, it it definitely absolutely is a lot. And, uh, but I think it just shows the kind of person she is, but then we just, you know, we're talking about just other stuff to asking her about the guys in the band and how long they were in. And, um, I think probably the thing I was the most bummed about is, I didn't get the, the story on tape story. about Johnny D. Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, just pretty freaking amazing that the fact that, you know, drummer's going to leave, that, that yeah, the old, the that old, Joe knows knows Johnny, that they're like, they, I think they said they were like, were they playing Vakken or something? Yeah, the, drum, the, drummer, the drummer was homesick. Yeah. And he wanted to leave. Yeah. And one of them mentioned Johnny Johnny D. And yeah, next, well, Joe, Joe knew him. Yeah, and the phone rings. Yeah. And it was at on a the hotel phone. Yeah, in, the in middle, Germany, yeah. pre-internet, pre-internet days, like what's the, and nobody like knows like, and she insists they answer the phone. Yeah, it's Johnny. It's Johnny D on the phone. Fuck off! It wasn't Johnny. Like yeah. the chances, uh, like why would he even be calling? But um, the fact that that's you know pretty amazing that they took the call and and that started basically Johnny in the band, and then getting Nick, you know, the auditions that he was like, I think it was like what she say like a hundred and. 140 bass yeah, players they were auditioning. he was the first one. First one and walked in and she said she knew right then and there that that was the guy. And man, that guy on stage, what a bundle of freaking energy. Him, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. You know? Um, so How long just, He's 26 years with Doro. Yeah. Johnny's yeah. 23 years. Yeah. So, we, so we talked about that, you know, keeping the guys, you know, for so long. And they really, I mean, you can tell they, they get along, you know, they're, to see that, you know, like, you know, Luca and Nick came out together and they were just kind of were hanging out like the whole time. And so when I was talking to them, they were pretty much the three of us talking and stuff. And, and then even, you know, after that, when boss came out and they were just kind of, it was, you could tell it, like everybody liked each other. They were yeah. all joking around with each other, hanging out. It was a real kind of a, a band family vibe, which is very cool. They're a band to me that they know where their bread is buttered. Yeah, it's the, they treat their fans really, really they well. Did, they did. They did awesome. And uh, but yeah, we did. So you know, unfortunately, you know, a chunk of it we we didn't get. But it was like you know, we really want to at least play some of it for you because there's still some great stuff that was in there. And you know, obviously, Richie with with the uh, the uh, Donington questions always always always, always get the artist going. I have, and to, so. I have to get one German <laughs> one German guest to finish the Donington question. So it was. <laughs> <laughs> After Michael Voicat got cut off by the fucking road manager. But, uh, you know, so just, I mean, great stuff. I think she also, it was pretty obvious that she liked the fact that it was a metal show, that we were talking metal, that it was just like, 
Probably after the last interview, right? I think she was pretty happy to just be sitting down with some metal fans and well, talking. Well, about she was metal. sitting talking to us. And yeah, we we no time limit. And yeah. Johnny eventually came in and said, well, "Right, lads, the bus driver yeah, wanted to. The bus driver the wanted to go, but yeah. she. I never got the impression at all talking to her that yeah. she wanted to finish. And like you know, oh, she yeah, wanted, we were having a great. We were time. just chatting and yeah. laughing and yeah. joking, and and this is some we've never met her before, yeah. and. We, up until the day of the show, we never knew we were even going to interview her yeah. after it. And um, yeah, it was uh, it was a really good night. Yeah. Um, she's she blew me away. I didn't expect her. I didn't expect her or the band to be that yeah. good, that good. And she sounded great yeah. because she was doing a run of dates one night mm-hmm. after the other. Yeah, and uh, the energy from her as well was like, well, amazing. All yeah, all of them were were, were just top notch show. Yeah, but uh, just a quick aside. Um, Hopefully we'll have Johnny D on soon. He says uh, he wants yeah. to come on, and yeah. I want to talk to him about Britney Fox reforming uh-huh. and get into a little bit about uh, yeah, so his. Maybe we can slide that in between the, the. I think the U.S. tour is, I think, done now, and then we can slide that in between that and when they head back to Europe to the the next European. Yeah, ride. so we got to schedule that now. Probably, yeah. n- maybe next week. But fortunately, Johnny lives in our time zone, so that works. Yeah, out. he's uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, him and Nick. So uh, yeah. So anyways, let's play what we did get of the interview. And uh, we will be right back. I think we did pretty good. And then everybody said, okay, let's give this band a shot. And we could you know, get a worldwide record release. It was actually our record to a steal. And then I could go to America. Mm. And then after a promotion tour, three days promotion tour in New York, after two days I knew I would stay. Now we recorded actually the Triumph and Agony album with All We Are and I Will Ruin. So well, come on. I, I want to know the one thing Donington is famous for. Um, they, they, they've thrown stuff at the bands. Did you get a lot of yeah, stuff thrown at Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> and I tell you, that was the first time when I had like a deep conversation with Lemmy. He said, Doro, that was so impressive. You were just standing there, you know, and you were just singing your heart out, you know, and people were throwing stuff and you didn't care. And I said, no, I didn't care. I had so much fun. And, you know, when I started out, um, punk was still pretty big and it was you know, pretty common that people would throw stuff at you, uh, that they would spit at you. That was actually a sign that would really like the band. Right. So, you know, so I didn't mind. I knew, okay, just... It was sometimes hard to take because they were throwing stuff, um, like, it was mud, but mud, you know, it it didn't rain in a long time. (laughs) And then, you know, it was like hard as stone. And I thought, oh man, I hope they don't hit me in the head that I... <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the band after you got pelted as well. It was bad news. Yeah, bad news. The young ones. Yeah. yeah, and I think Lemmy and Mora had to stop the show because they uh, they had like they threw fireworks and pyrotechnics. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And then Lemmy said one more thing throwing, and we stop. And I think they stopped, and I think they came back on. But yeah, it was it was the thing <laughs> to do. But I I was always I looked like a little girl, but I always. I always like it hardcore and you know when people get crazy I love it I love stage diving and headbanging and when they throw stuff I didn't I didn't mind at all (laughs) but I remember well because it hurt like hell (laughs) and I was bruised and black and blue you know like bruises but I thought it was so metal it was so metal (laughs) yeah I only went to Donington in 87 I was there when Dio played the year after it was my first Donington, and it's like 80-something thousand people. It's an amazing yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Did they throw stuff oh, too? Yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah, they always do. Yeah. That's yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah, it's normal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think it's even fun. You know? As long as you don't pass out, I think it's all Isn't okay. that the one your friend flipped through? No, that was 88. Oh, it was 88. <laughs> he, fell, he fell asleep uh, when Halloween ended, and he woke up for Iron Maiden's encore. Oh. <laughs> Sometimes people, I remember when we uh, played concerts, they got drunk so heavily and they passed out before the concert. And they were all laying around in the corner on the floor. And, what yeah. a waste. Yeah. yeah. What a waste. <laughs> but I loved the 80s because there weren't any rules, no security, no big gaps. Usually people could go right you know, on stage, mm. stage diving, crowd surfing. It's usually not allowed anymore. No, not anymore. No, no not anymore. <laughs> and now the sound limit. Oh, in Europe they have like always a sound limit. That it, it totally sucks because I think metal it needs to be 
loud, you know, and then sometimes you feel like it's like living room, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. That's hard, that's hard. Yeah, 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 all over the Europe. European, you know, clubs and wow. you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. Wow. I think it's hundred decibel or something. Really? That's yeah, it? yeah. It's, that's it. Sometimes, wow. you know, yeah. The crowd is louder than you know what. Yeah. Gets you know, over. No spinal tap downstairs. Turn them up to eleven. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> I think my car stereo goes up higher. Than that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and so of course you've only got a few more dates left on the U.S. tour, and I know you got a little time off, and then you, I'm sure you must be looking forward to the European tour. Oh, I tell you, I love touring America yeah. always. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and then uh, after yeah the American leg, we go back into the studio, work on a new record, mm -hmm. and yeah, and then do in Europe. And, yeah. yeah, I love to play all over, small or big places, you know, like. You know, the worst dives, we had some of the best, you know, sure. shows, yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter, you know. And so, have uh, you started uh, any writing at all for the new one? Yeah, was, yeah. I mean, I know you had the single out. Yeah, the Love's Gone to Hell, did I you was, see, did you watch I was, the I video? I was a contributor. Oh, so oh really? I, yeah, Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, I promoted great. it on the show as well, wow. I thought that was a great thing, and, and uh, get that you. out, and I think, it again, it's a nice thing. Of, of you connecting with your fans and it's like yeah. why not everybody involved that was great yeah yeah and everybody got something special yeah. what you can't buy at the merch exactly. table exactly you know? yeah like, it, was, uh, it, was, it was great yeah. the, the, the first thing what was gone on the crowdfunding was the yeah. VIP lifetime pass ah yeah yeah that was the first thing somebody from Peru bought <laughs> it like you know worldwide you can go and yeah all the shows for the rest of the yeah you guys put life. that together so well yeah, and cool, and the, the cool. number of things you had and, and some of the, you know the, some of the changes you made as you went through and reacting to what people wanted and stuff was really well done and I think again like I said it shows that you still really you don't just say you love your fans but I mean you, you really do things that really show it which I is great do, totally totally at first I was not sure if we should do it but when we had this song and then it's not anymore the 80s but I wanted to do a top notch video because I think the song de deserved yeah. it you know of course you can do videos like you know like with your cell phone and black <laughs> and white but I thought this song it needs yeah. it needs a classy video and you know and then you know and some people suggested it and at first I thought no you know you can't do it with crowdfunding I don't know but um, because in Europe it's not so it's not not as common as oh, it is really? in the States yeah okay. Yeah, and I don't wanted to make the fans feel strange, so mm -hmm. I was concerned. But then, then everybody said, "No, we would love to contribute," and you know, just like you know. And then I thought, "Okay, then let's try it. Let's try it." So and it came out great. Yeah. And, and yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it definitely like you said. It, it was like wow, this is like an like an eighties video, like this full production. Yeah, thing. full production. It was actually the longest production we've ever done. It was like five days of filming and. So many days of cutting, and then I uh, presented it to our record company. I said, "Oh, that's great, but you have to do another version because there's too much blood in it." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, no way!" But then we did another performance piece, and I understand, you know, if you want to show it your kids, you know, mm -hmm. if they're four, five, six years old, yeah. maybe that's good. And I like both versions. I think they're yeah. all yeah. Well, I was great. Good. Yeah, I mean, good. even you know, getting the the DVDs made up too and everything it was very cool oh yeah, good yeah, was, good that was, that was a really great thing you did oh good yeah. good so we, are we thinking probably early next year for yeah. everyone yeah, about, yeah for, for a new record yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. greedy I like I okay yeah last one was great it's like I want more That's yeah great. yeah it's it's. I tell you it's sometimes it's uh, it's it's always hard to step up to the plate because certain songs they had so much magic and you just mm -hmm. did them and, and suddenly you know it became a big record so yeah it's uh, it's never easy it's yeah. never easy yeah. but we have one song it's for Lemmy it's called Living Life to the Fullest mm -hmm. and we recorded it already and we did a couple of other songs we have five songs already recorded nice. I think some some killer songs are on the way and yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's been good too because you got the same group of guys, and like the last couple of albums, it's like ah, she did it again. It's like yeah. it's not like any curveballs, and you, you just they they suddenly feel instantly familiar, which is great. And then you, you like you know with things like with Raise Your Fist, I'm like, wow, this is gonna sound great live. And then you know, Sartan, the videos and everything, but then tonight to hear it like 
live. Yeah. Oh, it sounds so great. Because oh, nah. I think a lot of bands, they, uh, some of the stuff you guys do, they wouldn't be able to pull it off live very well. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you guys are just solid. Like, yeah. He was a believer. After he was like, holy crap. Like, All right. Wow. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I think live certain songs they sound 10 times better mm -hmm. than on any studio record because yeah i'm always yeah the fans that's to me the most important ingredient yeah and when you just sit there in the studio with your engineer it's not the same right but when i feel the fans and when they sing along there's nothing yeah. like it do you ever try any of the songs out live before you decide to record them and kind of get a sense of what works or we never did it no we never did it. i since i know the fans quite well and I always feel like oh this could be you know good mm. for fans who like whatever or we are or, or when we have a ballad and I think oh yeah maybe the fans who like Love Me in Black or For Emma would love it mm -hmm. yeah I feel it out but um, in this day and age it's dangerous to play it live everybody you know makes a, a cell phone video puts it on YouTube and everybody's like oh the new record sucks oh, does it sound good does it sound good yeah. exactly that drives you know? me crazy is, 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 is yeah. now you go to shows I hate yeah. self people who yeah, yeah. and it's like you've got Doro and her band right in front of you you're watching them through a four inch screen what are you thinking like, yeah. You yeah sometimes even they have their big iPads yeah and then they're like yeah, this is it <laughs> it's right yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a great show. I'm sure you're tired. You want to uh, yeah. pack up and everything. But, oh, I'm uh, never tired. When we <laughs> talk about music, it's always great. It's always great. But I know yeah, the band that yeah, all of us drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to, you know, probably pack right. up and go. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, I didn't get to hear Revenge that night, but you know what? We're all going to hear it right now. There you go, our uh, semi-cut-off uh, chat with Doro, but uh, but all good, great stuff, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll hit her up again, whether on the phone when when the next album comes out, you know, she's five songs into the new one or what. But uh, I think uh, we'll definitely be able to have her back on. Uh, everyone seems to be huge Doro fans, but uh, also on the show this week, very timely that we have him is uh, Joey Vera coming back again. Yeah, and, Armored uh, Saint, Fate's and, Warning. And again, you didn't get to make this one either with Joey. So. No, I didn't. Um, I, <laughs> I it it, it, these, <laughs> these things happen. Um, I scheduled it. Um, the Fate's Warning album, Theories of Flight, is one of my albums of the year. Um, yeah. I don't own any other Fate's Warning albums. Yeah. Um, I was in Newbury Comics a few weeks ago, and it was uh, not more than a few weeks ago now, and I picked it up and 
listen I've been listening to it ever since. Yeah. It's an amazing piece of work. Yeah. And he's been with that band twenty something yeah. years. But of course the other part, you know, why it's timely to have him on is that you haven't seen me tweet enough already yeah. over the last six weeks is that they're running a pledge music campaign for uh, the brand new live album. So you want to get in on that. Joey mentions it too, but you want to head over to, to, to pledgemusic.com slash armored saint and, uh, and check that out. Great stuff. They're always adding other new things in there too. So even if you've pledged before, you know, go back every week or two and see if there's something else that's there that you're like, oh crap, I didn't see that last time. Probably because it wasn't there. But I think cool stuff, you know, Joey and I talk about it in the interview, but just want to say it right out front. That's part of the impetus of kind of skipping over some of the other audio we have in the can right now is because this is something really timely and we want to make sure that enough people know about it and enough people have a chance to get in on being a part of, uh, of Armored Saints next live album. So, uh, like I said, good stuff there. And, uh, you want to get it in, get into it with uh, with Joey. Yeah, they, awesome. seem, they seem to be. Uh, just before we get in, yeah, they seem to be busier now than they have been for a long time. Absolutely, good yeah. to, it's good to see. It is. No, it's great. I think. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into it with him. All right, guys. I have once again on the line a uh, member of one of our favorite bands here on Focus on Metal. Of course, that would be Armored Saint and uh, Joey Vera back on the show again. How are we doing tonight, man? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. Hey, no problem. Always love to have you back and uh, always enjoy your cameos on uh, Mr. Bob Nell Bandian's excellent documentaries. You're always uh, always slipping in there. I think you're uh, probably his, uh, his all-star uh, interview person, either that or the guys from August Red, but uh, I think it's probably you. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's, uh, that's a cool thing he's got going, Bob. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, of course, you know, you're an f- extremely busy guy and uh, f- doing a lot of stuff with uh, with Armored Saint as well as Fate's Warning. But, of course, one of the cool things you guys got going on right now is the Kickstarter campaign. I meant Pledge Music. It's a Pledge Music campaign. Remember, pledgemusic.com slash Armored Saint. I threw my hat in that right away because that's pretty awesome to get involved with a, a brand new live album from uh, from The Saint. Hopefully this one's going to have a, a more comprehensive uh, set list and more representative of what you guys are all about these days than the uh, than the prior <laughs> one. Um, yeah, you know, um, Saintful Conquer was, you know, was done during the Raising Fear tour, so we were, um, you know, playing songs from that record, obviously, and, uh, you know, when I was choosing the songs for this record, um, I didn't want to choose any of the same songs that had, that appeared on that record for, for one thing, because, you know, how many live versions of can you deliver? Do you really need? Um, so, um, you know, I tried to, tried to choose songs that were, um, you know, classics and then a couple of deep cuts too. So, um, and a couple from the new record as well. So it's, it's a pretty good, um, it's a pretty good spread. It's it's eight songs, which doesn't sound like a lot, but um, it's uh, it's actually a great like it's a great album's listening length, in my opinion. I I grew up in the '70s when LPs was a thing, yeah. so uh, for me, 20 minutes aside is is really all I really want to listen to, even this day. So this kind of fits in that format. Um, this this live record is also coming out on an LP, and available also on CD or digital download. So um, um, it's going really well. We I've actually been mixing it myself, mm. and uh, we're just getting it mastered as we speak. Um, I have a few more things to approve tonight after our interview, and hopefully it goes in the can by at latest by Monday, and then we can get this thing uh, get this thing coming out. Awesome! But the wow. campaign's a really cool thing that we're doing. Um, it's a way for us to have people get involved in the pre-orders of the record. Um, officially it's coming out on metal blade records in February, but if you join the campaign, you, you get it early. You get the physical product sent to you a month early in January and, uh, the digital downloads will be available, I believe just before Christmas. So, um, you know, people that get involved, they get the record before anybody else. You can also have uh, access to tons of other stuff we have um, on the campaign with, you know, exclusive merchandise and uh, posters and all kinds of crazy things. Um, And that's only, you can only get it during this short period of time during the campaign between now and pretty much, I don't know, I think uh, December 1st or something. So um, after that, it goes away. 
but it's uh it's been great uh the response has been completely overwhelming and we're like totally blown away by it um and uh we're going to be releasing a uh a live track um in the next couple of weeks um and it's and it's going to be available for people can uh so they can hear what this is all you know what this album is going to sound like um so that's pretty exciting stuff yeah, yeah, and like you said, great stuff that's in the campaign, and, uh, and one of my favorite things, and I put my money right down for it, was the was the work shirt. Who wouldn't want an Armored Saint work shirt? Come on, really? <laughs> Those are amazing. Yeah, that's you so get cool. the get the logo embroidered on your on the pocket, and then you can get your name on it, or you know. It's, they're really cool looking. Yeah, those are totally kick ass. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah. this is great. And, and you did come up with some great stuff. And you got guitars and uh, one of John Bush's microphones and I mean, all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of cool things there. And we're adding actually adding a few things in the next couple of weeks. So people got to keep coming back and checking out what else is there. And uh, you know, again, like the people that have already uh, contributed, you know, we're super thankful for, and it's just, it's just been amazing. So. Yeah, uh, we're also we're gonna have a listening party out here in in LA. Um, there's a burger joint called uh, Grill 'em All, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, it's just this total metal hamburger shop, and it's it's cool, it's really cool. It's in, it's in our neck of the woods where we grew up in Alhambra, mm-hmm. and um, we're having a listening party there. So we're inviting people can uh, purchase a like a an entrance ticket to seek to come to come and listen to the whole record and get you know eat food and we're going to be there all day and hang out have lunch with us take pictures whatever it's going to be cool nice nice and i think isn't one of the prizes uh or the, the campaign things is uh uh meet and greet stuff with the upcoming tour as well right yeah we've never done a vip um meet and greet um before and a lot of people ask us about it we just never never really been in a position to do it and this seemed like a an opportunity to do it. Uh, the campaign is helping us do the administration for it, and and we just decided to, to give it a shot. You know, the only the only thing that's a little bit different is since we're out on tour with Queensrÿche, um, we have to arrange it around their schedule. So we're having to do it after the show rather than before the show. Most VIP meet and greets are usually before the show, um, but for all the shows that we're on with Queensrÿche, we're doing it after show, but you're, you're going to, people get to remain inside the building and, um, and then we come out and hang out for like 20, 30 minutes, take photos, meet and greet. You get a bunch of, you get a goodie bag with a bunch of stuff. And, uh, it's a good opportunity to, to like, you know, have some chill time with the fans. Um, we're doing three headline shows. Um, we're doing Mesa, Arizona, Lubbock, Texas, and I believe Milwaukee, and those three shows are our own headline shows. And for those three, we're doing the full VIP thing experience where people can come in early. They can actually watch sound check and see how boring it is. <laughs> but, you know, we'll play a few songs for them, you know, exclusively. And so it's, it's, that's a cool thing, too. So that's also available on the, on the campaign, too. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's and that's kind of a great segue into the fact that you guys are, you know, you're going out doing that tour with Queensrÿche. I'm a little bummed. The closest you're getting to me is is New York City, but uh, still a lot mm. of dates on that tour, and uh, I'm sure you guys are yeah. psyched about it. Yeah, we're we're totally psyched. Um, we did three shows, uh, three or four shows with them last summer um, in Europe, and um, and I've known these guys for a long time. They're they're good friends of mine, and they're just the best people to work with super super cool people they're not just the band but their entire crew they've had the same crew for a long time all great people so when this opportunity came up it was like oh we got to do this <laughs> so uh we're super we're really looking forward to it and it's a great bill i think you know i think um they've kind of gone back a little bit into their roots you know with todd in the group so they you know, there's a little bit of an old school thing with them, and you know we're kind of old school, so it's a great matchup. I think a lot of fans are gonna are gonna dig the show, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think so. And you're right. I mean, they are they are great. We've been able to hang out with them backstage as well, and they're just you know really chill guys, and and you can tell they all get along, and it's pretty mellow yeah. right there. And I mean, a bill with you know to have both Todd and and and, uh, and John, you know, that's that's a night of some killer vocals right there as well. You yeah, know, absolutely. Old school, but can still, like, bring it, like, all the way through. Um, that's a great Absolutely. Deal. Yeah. 
So of course, you know, I don't know, are you going to be able to compete with, uh, you know, Eddie Jackson's pre-show singing in the shower thing or not? But <laughs> No, Ed's a great singer and a great player. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. We we uh, I'm looking forward to hanging with him. I haven't we haven't been at, had a chance to to hang in a long time. We we cross paths out on on a road a lot, but it's it's always like you know it's for a couple hours and then we're gone. But yeah. we're gonna um, I'm sure there's lots of time, lot, plenty of time for us to get in trouble. <laughs> that's any tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But that is that is cool. Like I said, great. I think that's a great bill for anyone to be able to catch is that one there and. Uh... Yeah, it's going to be fun. It starts November 15th up in Seattle, and uh, it goes all the way till December 15th. I think it ends in Colorado Springs. So we're doing, it's a full run. It goes all over the place. Um, it's not, uh, we can't, you know, you can only hit every so many cities in four weeks crossing the nation there and back. So, you know, we're missing some key places, but, you know, we're we're pretty much hitting the key areas, you know, the key states and the key just the general areas, you know. So yeah. some some people like yourself unfortunately might have to drive a bit. <laughs> but uh, you know, you can check out the dates um on on armored dot com or queensright dot com obviously. So if you're if anybody out there is thinking about it, you should go look at the dates and see which one's close to you. Yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, great bill, and, and it is tempting to make the five-hour drive to New York City to to <laughs> you guys. You know, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, of course, the other thing you got going on is uh, is a brand new Fates Warning release as well that's been getting a lot of buzz lately. just came out in July um, Series of Flight and uh, it's been getting rave reviews everybody loves it and um, we love it we're super proud of it um, I had a lot of good time doing it the songs are great I think the production's great um, uh, just like all the planets planets um, really aligned on this one it's just it's been going really really good we just uh, I can't wait to get out on the road we have some Dates booked in January. They start around the 20th of January, and it goes for three or four weeks in Europe. And then we have a couple weeks off, and then we go back out again in March and in April in the U.S. So I don't think the U.S. dates have been announced yet, but um, that's I think there's a time we're looking at that time frame. Yeah. And then um, we got stuff coming out. Also, uh, going to be hitting some festivals next summer in Europe. And we just released a new video for Seven Stars. Is that the song? <laughs> You're a busy guy. 
I'm in too many bands. I don't know what's, what song is what. Well, we shot, we shot a couple of songs. That's why I'm a little confused. We shot a couple of songs um, in late July um, out in, um, we were out in Connecticut and we shot a couple of songs for the record. And um, I think, I forget which one they released first. I think it's Seven Stars. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's... check it out on YouTube. It's killer. Yeah, and you guys get an album teaser up there as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's uh, there's actually some a few tracks have been released uh, in their entirety, and and uh, yeah, so you can you can hear all that on YouTube. Like YouTube's the new, you know, radio station sort of. You know, you can watch videos or you can listen to music. It's, yeah, yeah. They got to just make sure and start paying the artists for that, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> then you then you only have to work in maybe only two bands. So. It's and you know it almost seems like um, you know the fates has been prolific just because you guys you know you recently did all the stuff with uh, with Pleasant Shade of Gray again and, and so I think some people think wow they just put that out now they put this out but they don't not realizing that it's a you know a, a re release of uh, from ninety seven but uh, I just I yeah it just makes you guys look extra busy yeah you know I mean we just we've been trying to trying to keep busy with all the groups I'm in and. Um, there's no exception you know they uh we got off the road last shoot it was it was a year ago november actually and uh we had all the music pretty much written at that point and uh, we went right into the studio right away and you know so that's the record came out pretty quick if you ask me we didn't even start recording until february and then it came out in june which is pretty fast by today's standards um it wasn't really done until April, so it came up fairly quickly. Quickly, mm. so you know we're yeah we're looking forward to the starting that cycle up after the new year. It's, it's kind of like, do you ever like wake up and wonder like, okay, what band am I in today, and and when am I ever going to see home again? Yeah, yeah. What day is it? What city am I in, and what songs am I supposed to learn? Yeah, it was. I, it was the same thing I was talking about. I think it was Alex Byrod from, from Primal Fear, and of course he was doing Primal and like two other bands at the same time, Voodoo Circle and a Rock Meets Classic, and like one tour was rolling into the other, and it was like, yeah, he goes, I have no idea. It's just like, I know I'm going to be home when I wake up in the morning, and like my girlfriend and my dog are there. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm home. Yeah. 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 Crazy. Exactly. So, you know, obviously, you know, your two big bands are, you know, are Saint and, and Fates. And what do you get, you know, musically out of out of each one of those bands that's, that's a little bit different? Well, they're different animals. Um, Armored Saint uh, is, you know, I have very deep roots in it, obviously. It was my first major band, and uh, it's I'm in the band with childhood friends that I've known since grade school. So there's a super deep connection there. Um, and some, you know, sometimes it can be difficult, it, you know, it's almost like owning a business with your family. So it's tough. It can be really hard sometimes, but on the other hand, um, super gratifying because I'm, you know, I've been in the band since day one. And at, at this point in time, I'm kind of, kind of become like a musical point person and sort of like the director of the music and the major songwriter and producer and so a lot of uh you know a lot of my uh, my um you know a lot of my art skills get to be realized um there so that's super gratifying you know um and um taking this out on stage you know it's it's just been it's just fun it's it's a good time we get to go crazy you know and we do a lot of traveling and it's just it's it's a it's a good thing you know and Fate's Warning, on the other hand, is, you know, I've been friends with these guys forever since the mid-80s, almost as long as I've been in Armored Saint. And, uh, you know, I've been in Fate's Warning for almost 18 years now, which is pretty crazy. But, um, you know, I get along, we all get along super great. This lineup we have is just stellar. We're all great friends. It's a super low stress situation. We all have a good time. We all have the same sense of humor. Um, you know, it's a real pleasure working in that band too, because it's a lot easier me personally, because I don't have this, I don't know, maybe like this, there's a sense of responsibility I always carry with Armored Saint and with Fates. 
my responsibility is really only to be at the top of my game when I'm performing on stage, you know? So, um, other than that, I, I don't have it. So it's, I can just kind of relax. It's a little more of a relaxed situation. Um, but being in faith has made me a far better player, uh, with all the technical stuff going on and, uh, thinking and, you know, playing with people like Jim Mateos who writes this crazy music and, uh, Bobby Drozombak, you know, and Ray and, and Mike and, and Frank too, you know, like all these guys are just super amazing musicians and it's, you got to keep your game stepped up. You know, you can't, can't get lazy and you got to do your homework and <laughs> it's a lot to, it's a lot to keep up with. So I've been in the band, like I said, for almost 18 years and just in the course of learning the music and understanding the theory of progressions and understanding the music uh, in a deep way, it's made me a much better player and much better songwriter. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be the same had I not had that experience. So super, super, uh, lucky to have that. Now, do you ever, when you're, you know, you're starting to write back for Saint, do you ever find yourself doing something that you would normally do for fates kind of like slipping into your Saint stuff and you, and you got you know, <laughs> people looking at you going, Joey, what are you doing? Uh, like, has Fate's Warning rubbed off on me? Yeah, um, yeah. I would say, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, I, I think, like I said, um, the, the Fate's has encouraged me to, you know, broaden my horizons when it comes to composing my own music. So um, that certainly has crept its way into Armored Saint. I mean, I, I certainly know that what Armored Saint is, we're not a progressive band. We're, we are a heavy metal band. But having said that, you know, even before I was in Fate's Warning, we have a few things here and there <clears throat> that have, you know, probably unintentionally, but they have odd time signatures or they have quirky little parts, you know. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't so far removed that I might come in back and write something for Saint that had, you know, had something written in six or written in seven or five or groups of five or whatever, you know? Um, so, um, it, I was, I think I'm able to make it work without it sounding like, Oh, there's, there's Armored Saint trying to be a prod band. You know, I try to do it within the context of, yeah. of, of our brash, you know, metal style. Yeah. Yeah. I got like little taste of that on, on La Raza. It was cool though. The way it was, it was all worked in. It's like, yeah, this is still sane. This is cool. But, but there was some, some things that were in there that was it, but it actually just gave, gave it a new dimension. It was like, yeah, I'm, I'm digging this. This is all right. Yeah. 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 This, that's, you know, I, I've never denied that. And I, I always tip my head off to Mateos for, you know, like I said, he's, he's helped make me better, make me a better composer. Yeah. By, by proximity. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and he's, like I said, he's, he's like a pretty prolific guy too, that he can go off and do, you know, Arch Mateos and it doesn't sound like fates. It's like a whole different little thing for him. As yeah. Well, so it's cool. Yeah, exactly. So of course, you know, you're mixing the, the, the new live one. I can't wait to hear it, but as you're mixing it, do you ever be wondering, gee, I, I wish I could go back and remix a certain album. Is there any like album you would like to go back and, and remix now with new eyes and ears? Uh, you know, for a long time, I always felt like that about March of the Saint, um, our very first record. Yeah. Um, we, because we were young and naive and had no idea what we were doing and didn't know that we could have any control in our careers at that age. And so we were influenced a lot by outside sources. So we pretty much, you know, rolled over when it came to them making you know, Michael James Jackson was the producer on that record. And, um, we just didn't really have a, a clue. And, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for the longest time we, we hated the record, you know, we just thought it was too tame and too polished and too, 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 like it sounded like it was trying to be something that it wasn't. And, you know, we were, we always saw ourselves as a much, darker like delirious nomad was probably a better representation of what we were like yeah and um march of the saint to us was, was like a it was like a pop album by comparison so we it's funny though i mean in hindsight because you know a lot of people just associate us with that record so it's really hard to say like you know that i can't really look too far down on it because it's something that really made our first mark you know sure. 
So part of me, you know, for the longest time, I always wanted to re- just remix it. I remember getting uh, rough mixes during like tracking sessions. And to me, those sounded better than the final product. So, but you know, I don't know, why would I go back and remix it now? Like it, it would really be pointless. I would never, I would think my old age tells me to leave it alone. <laughs> if it is what it is, it's a snapshot of my youth. <laughs> and changing it isn't going to change the fact that I'm 50 years older <laughs> or whatever, 30 years older. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty satisfied. I'm pretty much one of these people, like I'm pretty good about walking away from something and like not, not, not really regretting it. So oh, I wish I had that skill, but even, even still I go back and listen to past CDs and it's like, Oh, I just, I want to remix that. I want to redo that. Like, Oh, it's not, or even just in the midst of it, like it's not finished. And the rest of the band going like, dude, it's finished. Leave it alone. And it's like, no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I can do something yeah. different, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, the th- I think you're right though, that I think, you know, Michael James Jackson, I think did that to a lot of bands where he just kind of put that other spin to it. But you know, mm-hmm. I, I like March, but you know, my favorite on that side really was Delirious, and I think it was that you were already, you know, you know, eighty four. Yeah, it kind of fit in with a lot of what was on the landscape, but then you just were looking for something that was a little bit harder, a little, a little bit grittier. Nomad came, and I was like, yeah, this is this is what I wanted to hear, and I, that's why that one's always been like one of my favorite Saint albums. Yeah, that's the same reason for me. I'm especially the first three, the first three I kind of lumped in together with the Chrysalis years. And to me, Delirious was the one that was the standout, the one that really mostly represented what we were about. It just took all the elements that you guys had and, and, uh, and it really put uh, John's voice like in that right space in the music too. And it's like almost like his yeah. trademark got stamped on that album. Exactly. Cool. Well, I tell you, Joey, I really appreciate you taking a little time to talk to us again, and uh, I definitely want you to get back to uh, get back to the live album so we can get it into our little sweaty metal palms and just rejoice in it. And uh, so I'm so looking forward to that. But it, always great to have you on the show and uh, and talk to you about what you guys are doing. If you run into that uh, degenerate there, Nell Bandian, uh, just let him know uh, Scott from Focus on Metal said hi and. Uh, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll have some kind of Bobisms to say as he always does. Uh, okay, will do. <laughs> All right, Joey. Thank you. Have Thank you for having me again. again. All right, speak soon. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. There you go, uh, my uh, my chat with Joey Vera, and hopefully the third time we do it, uh, Richie will be able to make it down. Maybe I'll have him have you do it solo. <laughs> I did, well, the first time I was in on it, yeah. This this one I just couldn't make it. Yeah, you know. Hope you guys enjoy that again. You know, you want to head over to pledgemusic.com/slash/armoredsaint and uh, and get in on the campaign too. I think there's lots of good stuff. You'll be kicking yourself if you uh, 
if you don't get in on it while you can. All right, so we are uh, we're well on our way in our post-300 world here on Focus on Metal, so still going strong, amazingly. Yeah, um, if you're listening to this, the night of Wednesday or Thursday it comes out, I'm actually going to be at the Megadeth show on the Friday. In New in Jersey? New- in Newark, yeah. yeah. I'm on a road trip. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, hopefully... Uh, I might get to see the Metal Church guys in person after the gig. Oh, it'll be um, great, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And um, I've also been uh, hooked up for the Anderson Raven Wakeman oh, show yeah, yeah. the week after. Yeah. So the gigs are coming fast, Good. ticking fast. Yeah. So you're not going to the Megadeth show next week, are you? No. Or this week or next week, whenever. It was past. We, I think it's tonight. I think it's tonight. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, I never, you know, I never looked at the show here yeah, because no. it wasn't going yeah, to tonight. It. <laughs> tonight at the DCU Center. Yeah. All right. Okay. Not tonight, tonight, but the tonight that we're recording this tonight. <laughs> just, this is this is this is freaking showtime. I know. So, all right. Anyways, um, any other last thoughts, words? Nope. No. Okay. Cool. Well, again, uh, thanks for setting up the Doro thing and and Joey as well. That's very cool. In persons are good, aren't they? They are, uh, like especially doing. when it's somebody that's good like that. You've had some great experiences as well with, uh, like, you know, from uh, Night Demon, Jarvis, Jarvis and, yeah. and Jordan Rudess. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we've had some great, great in-persons. So uh, hopefully we'll, you know, keep those up when those happen. But in the meantime, you can keep up with us at FocusOnMetal.net, FocusOnMetal.blogspot.com, over on Facebook and over on Twitter. Uh, but right now, that's it for this week. So, uh for Focus on Metal. This is Scott and Richie saying uh, have yourselves a good Metal Week and until we talk to you again next week, remember Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. It's over. Go home.